0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Man- stays on his feet, airs it out down the field, it is caught by Tyree. This is the Chris and Joe show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon joined by Chris Plum. As always, we are the analysis guys here at Big Blue View breaking things down from the film perspective, analyzing things that are beyond the general news and storylines of what is happening with the New York Giants. If you've been following along with us during this offseason, we've been doing a mix of previewing every single position group We recently did the tight ends at the beginning of the week. And then the other show each week has been a fun conversational topic that we like to be a little bit more loose about. Something that you can think about while we're talking about these things. Very, very uh, simple, interesting things. And today's show is taking a look at the Giants' schedule for 2020 and picking out the matchups that we really, really love. So what that entails are games that we think have... High chances for the Giants to win. But not only that in terms of a matchup we love, but also chances of big days from guys. More importantly, and it seems like the case for a lot of these, the big thing here are storylines that we really like. As content creators and show hosts, producers, and also writers, the thing that you always root for in the media side of this industry are storylines. The things that make games Very interesting. Add an extra level of competition that maybe they're not really thinking about on the field, but us as fans and analysts can think about that in the back end of the context. Chris, your first game has a similar theme to a lot of these other games in terms of quarterback matchups. So what is this first game that you picked out that you really, really love? Yeah, I had
2: to start with the obvious one. And that's week week 15 against the Browns. Get this out here to start with, then move on to the other things. The Odell angle is obvious. I, I think everybody knows I did not want the Giants to trade Odell. I believed and still believe that that was a bad move on Dave Gettleman's part. I can already tell you the beat writers are licking their chops and already working on their leads their stories for this week about odell's game against the giants how will odell play against the giants secondary uh all of the history you know we didn't sign him to trade him you know there will probably be untold replays of the catch and then him hitting the kicking net with his helmet i'm already tired of them but we can't get away from it that is Going to be honestly one of the biggest storylines of the season. For me, I want to see how Baker Mayfield does in his third year. You know, he was really good as a rookie. Yeah, you know, he had almost a historic season as a rookie, and then took a step back last year. You know, it turned out that Freddie Kitchens was just not up to the task of being a head coach. And honestly, I thought the Browns should have been much better than they were last year. I thought they badly underplayed their talent level. So I also want to see if Kevin Stefanski, another rookie head coach, is up to the task of corralling all of that talent and directing it and getting the most out of them. Because the Giants really wanted him when Pat Shermer was hired. He was their first choice for offensive coordinator, but the Vikings just refused to allow him to interview, so he stayed in Minnesota until he got the head coaching chance so I just want to see if he is the real deal I want to see if he can get Cleveland to play up to the talent on their roster because they have a lot of really good players
1: when we put together this list the goal was to each pick three games that we thought were going to be really really interesting games to follow and Chris, now that I think about it, I think that you picked the best one as the first one on this list because it's a it's a perfect storm, if you will, for a lot of things. Not only do we get to see a potentially improved Baker Mayfield as well as electric running game of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb face off against a Giants defense that is supposed to be revamped, but we also get the Odell Beckham Jr., revenge game and it might not be so great for us to get that in our perspective as Giants fans and analysts of the Giants but it still makes for very very entertaining content it makes for a very entertaining matchup this is the one of the few things that like I said in the intro that it might not be actual storylines that are happening on the field, but it's things that we like to talk about. This is one of the few things that I think is actually going to be happening on the field in the head, inside the helmet of Odell, that he wants to go out there and make the Giants look silly. They did not leave on good terms. This is going to be a high tension situation for Odell, and he's either going to have a huge game or. If the Giants manage to shut him down, he could get very frustrated. We could see some type of, uh, just a not dramatic, but I think that this could be a, a very, very interesting um, connection and reconnect with one of the best young receivers that the Giants have seen and drafted in a very long time.
2: Yeah, there's just going to be so many potential storylines swirling around this game. I have the... Giants offensive line against the Browns defensive front you know will Miles Garrett take advantage of Nate Solder or Andrew Thomas Uh, what is going to be going on with the Giants center position we don't even know what that's going to look like for week one let alone week 15 and the Browns have good interior alignment it's just going to be so many different facets to look at that even beyond the Odell angle I'm really looking forward to this one
1: The second game that I picked, the first one for me, second one on our list, is another AFC North game, which you could expect the Giants are playing every single AFC North team. And actually, ironically, looking at this list, we ended up having three of those AFC North matchups. We'll end up hearing about that one, the other one, next. Actually, the full first half of the show is all AFC North.
2: (laughs) We we, we probably could have just started out that way.
1: (laughs) We we might as well have also picked... all, all four of them if we were going to do this. <laughs> well, so the second of the games we have in, coincidentally, the second AFC North matchup that I chose is the one against the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 12 at... The Cincinnati Bengals. The reason why I'm interested in this game is getting to face off against Joe Burrow, the first overall pick, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. We're going to get to see what it is like actually facing off against Burrow. We're going to get to see a full game and analyze what he does during this game and get an understanding of if he is actually what he is chalked up to be in terms of a, a, a talented quarterback to revive and save the Cincinnati Bengals that needed a complete overhaul of their coaching staff as well as some key positions on their roster. The other thing too, Chris, that I, that makes this stand out to me is not only getting to see Joe Burrow, but seeing the potential duel and shootout between him and Daniel Jones. Because let's be honest, both defenses are on the weaker side when it comes to personnel in the league It could be a very high-scoring game if both quarterbacks end up getting hot early and have 28 to 35-plus points, depending on how the ball bounces for both teams. And the other thing, too, that makes it interesting for the Giants is the favorable matchups against a pretty depleted and weak defense. This isn't the same defense that carried carried them to the playoffs multiple years in a row. This is a defense that allowed over 2,000 yards on the ground to opposing offenses. While they did make moves to improve that defensive line and draft new linebackers, it's going to be a very bountiful day for Saquon Barkley. Probably going to be one of the most
2: favorable matchups the Giants are going to get this year. Just considering the rest of their schedule, that's kind of not saying much. They don't have many favorable matchups this year. Having the duel between two young quarterbacks, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, he just came out of nowhere last year. He had a phenomenal year with LSU, one of the greatest seasons we have ever seen from a college quarterback. It will be interesting or even fascinating to see whether or not or how he can translate that to the NFL because he's not going against college defenses anymore. He doesn't have Joe Brady calling plays anymore. You know, how much of that LSU offense will Cincinnati try to emulate co- or just straight up copy to help Burrow get out to a fast start, or will they go for a more traditional pro style offense? And then, you know, how will Joe Burrow and AJ Green get along? Yeah, you know, this—I don't think this has quite as many different threads to pull apart as the Browns game. But this does, I think, have a lot of interesting facets that we can dig into once you know, week 12 gets here.
1: And an additional thing that I, I the reason why I picked some of the games that I did is I like looking at it as a glimpse into the potential future. These teams and most of the matchups that I chose, two of them that I chose are teams that struggled a lot last year might still struggle again next year. But they have young cores, they've drafted pretty well, and in four to five, six years, they could be the top contending teams in their divisions and also in their conferences. Because of a potential progression and development of these rosters, they could eventually be, be become very good football teams for an extended period of time. So this is essentially... My way of looking at a glimpse into the future, what we could potentially be seeing in a few years from now, but at the very base level of it, Chris, your last game is probably not as deep as some of the other ones, but I absolutely love the logic here because I'm thinking the same exact thing as you.
2: Yeah, I had to go with week 16 Giants against against the Baltimore Ravens. I uh, Just Lamar Jackson. He was Easily the most exciting football player in the entire NFL last year. And even with, you know, Christian McCaffrey going off, uh, Kyler Murray basically making everybody who said he was too small to be a quarterback in the NFL look stupid. Lamar Jackson was just on another level. Really the only other player who was on that level was Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, I feel kind of cheated we didn't get that for an AFC championship game, but Lamar Jackson, the things he was able to do in that very unique Baltimore offense, where they were very analytically driven, but also used a lot of, you know, very heavy sets. Uh, they made great use of Lamar Jackson's legs, but they didn't treat him like Cam Newton or RG three. Yeah. Yeah. They basically let him play his game and use his legs to paralyze defenses and then let all of their other playmakers run wild. And I'm also really interested to see what happens with Hollywood Brown in year two, because back in Oklahoma, he was... Electric, just that's the only word you can use for him. He was just playing at a different speed from everybody else on the field, and that includes CeeDee Lamb. And also, you know, the Giants just don't play the Ravens that often. The schedules rarely line up. I think the last time they played the Ravens was 2016. The last time the, I believe it was the last time they played the AFC North, you know, in total. So it's just fun to see teams you don't see that often.
1: And of all teams that you don't get to see often, it's one that is right now a Super Bowl contender, potentially a reoccurring dominant team for multiple years because of Lamar Jackson, because of these really good young defensive players that they have, adding J.K. Dobbins. But the one thing I will say, Chris, and I don't think this takes away from the game, but when I wrote the matchup preview for this game uh, this past week, the one thing that I put in there is out of every single game on the Giants schedule next season in 2020, this game has to be the worst one for the Giants. That is the hardest team that they're going to play all year. Because if you look at their roster, if you analyze every position group, they don't have a single starter that is at least, that's not at least average. They, every guy on the roster is at least decent and everyone else is Uh, elite to above average, really good quality players. Giants just aren't aren't there in terms of their roster and, and their depth on their roster where they can match up and have favorable matchups against this Ravens team because they're so good. They're so talented. And on top of it, what makes this team so scary is how young they are too while they're doing all
2: this. Yeah, they have done really a fantastic job building their roster and building their roster while having success. The Ravens really haven't had to go through a rebuilding period. They were competitive with Joe Flacco, won a Super Bowl with him, and then at- traded back into the first round to get Lamar Jackson because they identified his talent. And you know their head coach was flexible enough to say, yes, he is a completely different player than what we have, what we are used to. But his talent is undeniable. We can build around that. And in the span of basically two years, they have completely transformed their offense and managed to reload their defense at the same time and just stay competitive. They really are a model organization.
1: The disturbing thing about all of this and this this Ravens team that they're going to face is that there's a slight possibility that they add Jamal Adams to their secondary. Is that not the most scary thing to think of?
2: (laughs) If that trade comes up, the league should veto it. Just no, you're too good. You can't. You can't have Earl Thomas and Jamal Adams. Just no.
1: <laughs> hey, if they can pay for them, let it happen. Yeah. I'd like to see that because that would be an uh, incredible. I can't even come up with words to describe how good of a secondary that would be if they added uh, Jamal Adams to that group. We've got three more games that we're gonna hit on, but before we get to them, we're gonna take a really short commercial break. Chris, my next matchup is different, I think, from a lot of these other ones because we've been talking about getting to face off against young quarterbacks and seeing what these young budding teams are like on this Giants schedule. My pick, my second pick, is Week 8 versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's two big reasons why I chose this game. One, it is possibly the last time the Giants could see Tom Brady. We don't know how long he's going to keep playing for. Uh, We don't know if maybe he plays another season, if the Buccaneers will end up being on their schedule again. That's probably not going to happen. There's a reason, probably a reason why they're playing this game is to get to see that matchup of Tom Brady versus the New York Giants. And then uh, you know, additionally, a little bit deeper with Tom Brady is he actually what he is chalked up to be without Bill Belichick. This is the year to prove it, and we're going to get to see if he can do that against the New York Giants and and have a good performance under the coaching of Bruce Arians. Last little bit in the second part here for why I really like this game is that this is where it all started for Daniel Jones. Not literally because this is being played at MetLife and not in Tampa it still is the beginning point for Daniel Jones's career. It is his first win. It is his first big performance. Uh He had the walk-off, game-winning drive, the missed field goal. You, you can't put together a better first career start for your young quarterback than the one that we saw with Daniel Jones. And we get to see this matchup yet again. They're going to be hunt- hunting for blood. The Buccaneers are going to be wanting to come back and dominate in this game because of that loss from last year that potentially kept them out of the playoffs because they weren't able to win some of those early matchups so that there is going to be potentially some, some bad blood in this game
2: yeah and especially since the Buccaneers really pretty visibly took their foot off the gas pedal in the second half of that game and yeah. A couple weeks ago, I, I went back and looked at the play by the drive by drive, and it really was a whole bunch of run, 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 punt starting in the second half, especially after Saquon Barkley went out of the game. They just really didn't respect the Giants at all. And even though Jameis Winston had himself a really good game, they let the Giants back in. The Giants and Daniel Jones were able to capitalize I am not sure Bruce Arians takes his foot off the gas pedal again, especially not with Tom Brady there, which is another player-coach matchup. I, I am interested to see how that works out because they are very opposite in their approaches to the game. Brady has always been a very safe quarterback, doesn't like to put the ball in danger. As he has gotten older, he has taken more and more short, quick passes, uh, keeping himself out of danger. And he has also gotten very good at trying to place the ball to keep his receivers out of danger. Bruce Arians, on the other hand, is the most YOLO coach ever. He will put a vertical route in any play, and he does not hesitate to make that his first read. He loves to throw the ball down the field and let the chips fall where they may. So how those two are able to coexist, you know, will Arians make Brady more aggressive? Will Brady make Arians maybe a little bit more cautious? And then having Rob Gronkowski come back, we know Tom Brady loves tight ends. Will they finally get OJ Howard to play like a number one or a first, first round draft pick? There is a lot of talent on this Buccaneers team. And I think it was a real disappointment that they weren't challenging for the playoffs, that they they should be pushing the Saints and the Falcons for a playoff berth. Will Shaq Barrett be able to follow up what he did last year? Will JPP be healthy for the full season? Because if so, that could be a dynamite combination. They have talent, and this will not be an easy game for the Giants to win.
1: Chris, what was your final matchup that you picked? And this is yet another thought on getting to see talented quarterbacks face off against the giants. Yeah, that that did kind of be a
2: theme with my picks. I went with the Week 13 at the Seahawks, uh, number 1 because I am a huge Russell Wilson fan. One of the first breakdowns we did for the Scouting Academy was this was just a practice thing with quarterbacks and I picked Russell Wilson and watching him in detail, you know, play by play individual plays multiple times it's tough to say that a guy who is considered one of the very best at his position in the league is underappreciated but Russell Wilson is underappreciated like he is a big reason maybe even the biggest reason why the Seahawks have been consistently competitive for most of the last decade and honestly Pete Carroll should be a little bit ashamed that he hasn't given Russell more to work with, that they haven't built their offense around him because he has bailed them out more than honestly I even imagined. And I really am looking forward to seeing him with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf in year two, and now with Philip Dorsett. That is a lot of speed. That's a lot of vertical speed. And those are throws Wilson makes very very well. I'm also interested to see what the Seahawks will be like in Seattle if we don't have fans in attendance. Yeah, that is a huge home field advantage for them, that 13th man where they can they can just trigger seismographs with how loud they can get. I I remember watching the Beast Quake and just being overwhelmed with the sound that Fan base generated on TV. I couldn't even imagine being there. You know, what will they be like? How will the team play if they don't have that?
1: This has to be another game, though, too, that is not entirely favorable for the Giants. But one thing I will say is that this roster for the Seahawks is not that great. Like you were talking about, how it's not really built around Russell Wilson's strengths. They don't do a very good job of protecting him. Uh, Their defense is not the same that it was since the Legion of Boom, but Pete Carroll and also Russell Wilson always finds ways to rally that group and turn them into a very competitive team. That being said, this is still going to be a very tight matchup for the Giants, even though they might have some advantages in specific spots, they're going to have to work against a very good head coach and a very, very good quarterback. Chris, the last game that I chose following along our trend of picking games against teams in the same conference, Week 14 versus the Arizona Cardinals, I think this one has to be up there in terms of the multitude of interesting storylines that go along with it. This is a rematch from last year's loss against the Cardinals at home in MetLife, 27-21, 27-21, to 21, and Daniel Jones really struggled in this game, seemingly because of the rain. Hopefully there is no rain in this game, and we actually get to see the firepower of two gunslinging young quarterbacks instead of the Arizona Cardinals running the hell out of their backup running back and producing three touchdowns with Chase Edmonds. But I, I have to go back to the one thing that, that always makes these games intriguing to me and that is again getting a glimpse at young quarterback matchups for what it could be four to five years down the line and I think that Kyler and Daniel Jones could very well become the faces of the NFC for young quarterbacks in a few years right now it's not like the AFC where there's Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes already taking over and and being the faces of that side of their conference, that they're the, the most dominant quarterbacks. Conversely, on the NFC, it's all the older veteran guys. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Drew Brees. Jimmy Garoppolo is young, but he is not a second-year player like Kyler Murray and like Daniel Jones. So we're, we're actually going to eventually at some point have a completely reshape and rebrand of the young faces at the quarterback position on the NFC.
2: Yeah, and you know, like I said before, Kyler Murray, he had himself a phenomenal rookie season, especially for somebody who people were telling him, you know, go play baseball. You were drafted at the top of the first round in for baseball. Just don't even try the NFL, you're too small. Yeah, well, that that decision worked out pretty well for him. I am also interested, in addition to seeing the matchup between the two young guns, I'm looking forward to seeing how Cliff Kingsbury has changed or changes in year two. Because last year, I was a huge fan of how he would call games, how he would uh, sequence his plays to set defenses up, get, it, get them looking one direction, and then go in another. You know, I don't think anyone expected him to run the ball. Like he did against the Giants, I, I definitely don't think the Giants expected him to do that, because, you know we saw. They called yeah, they called more 10 personnel uh, one running back, no tight ends than the rest of the league put together. But then they come out and run the ball, and they built plays off of each other in a way that a lot of NFL coaches just don't really do. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Cliff Kingsbury grows as a coach and then getting back to the quarterbacks, you know, how will Daniel Jones play against a defense that is improved, but probably still not great. And then Kyler Murray and Nuke Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, that has to be one of the biggest off season acquisitions that isn't exactly flying under the radar. But just with everything that happens, I, ca- I find myself forgetting that they managed to get New Hopkins, a guy whose career so far is completely paralleling, Larry Fitzgerald's. While they still have Larry Fitzgerald, and then pair that with Kyler Murray, that could be a really, really fun offense to watch. Well, except maybe not when they're playing against the Giants.
1: I also looked into how well... The Cardinals did statistically last year, and you might not have noticed this, but they were one of the worst teams defensively last year. They made serious efforts to fix that. They drafted the guy that I wanted the Giants to take, Isaiah Simmons, to be a focal point in their defense and their linebacking core, even their secondary because they're going to move them around so much. However, this is similar to the Bengals game where even though they made improvements, they're not going to be drastically better. This could again be a shootout. This could be a very high scoring game between two young offenses that are establishing an explosive identity. The Air Raid and the Air Coriel both have air in their names for a reason. They're going to try and air the ball out. They're going to throw the ball often. They're going to throw a lot of deep passing concepts. So we could have a lot of big splash plays in this game. A lot of quick scores. A lot of uh, one-upping situations. Oh, you're going to score on us quick. We're going to score on you quick. I just, I love that that this this shape, uh, the, I got to cut that. I just love the way that this is shaping out for the two quarterbacks that were drafted first and second in the 2019 draft class, the, the guys that were drafted within each other, the first two quarterbacks selected, that they're playing for offenses that are going to be, high scoring, uh, high octane, throwing the ball often. And it fits perfectly with this matchup and getting to see what we could potentially be getting a few years from now.
2: When we were filling out the outline for this show, I was like, you know, I really want to put down the Cardinals game because this is actually the game I might be most excited to see this year. Well, this and the Ravens. But I know... Joe is going to do it, so I'm gonna go elsewhere i'm going to see i'm gonna look at the look at the rest of the schedule and see what really piques my interest, but i I'm right there with you. This could be a fantastic game,
1: all right, folks. that is gonna be it from us here on the Chris and Joe show, the end of our episode breaking down matchups that we loved in terms of storylines be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you may be listening to us give us some positive feedback let us know or constructive criticism on things that you like about the show things that you maybe think we should try differently whatever it is feel free to give us uh, some feedback on what you think also follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon and at Raptor M K I I as well as at Big Blue View On Monday, we're going to continue on with our position group previews. The next one that we have in line for us is the wide receivers group.